Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Homework Help Show Student Influencers Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie, and today my guest is Beth Franks. Beth is studying to be a paramedic at the University of Brighton in England. On the show, Beth shared so many great tips for us about acing your university interviews, studying to be a paramedic, and getting in the right mindset for studying in general. Beth also shared some great tips for keeping yourself grounded when times get stressful, creating a good work-school-life balance, and so much more. Tune in now to this episode of the Homework Help Show Student Influencers Podcast to hear everything Beth had to say. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Homework Help Show Student Influencers Podcast. Today, I'm here with Beth Franks. Hi, Beth. How are you doing today? Hi. <laughs> I'm really good, thank you. How are you? Good. Uh, usually, we start with a couple kind of get-to-know-you questions. Uh, so first of all, uh, where were you born and raised? And then where are you right now? Uh, so I live um, just outside a town called Eastbourne. So I'm right on the southeast coast of England. I'm about 60 miles outside London, just for kind of geographical location um, I live in the same town that I was born in um, I live not that far away from the house I grew up in uh, my parents have been in the same house my whole life so I kind of stayed within that little radius um, I go to university in Brighton which is kind of my local city but I'm quite a way out from there I'm about 30 miles from there so I'm really near the beach and we're only about eight miles from the beach um, in the countryside so that's perfect that sounds nice it's it's a really lovely place actually. It's quite quiet. We're because we're quite far away from the city and the busy city life. It's it's nice and rural. So there's not much going on, but it's nice and peaceful. <laughs> yeah, I always see like pictures of or on like TV of like the British countryside, and it always just looks so peaceful and like. Calm. Yeah, it's it's what you see on on the. Um, TV programs and stuff there's just like sheep everywhere and cows and fields <laughs> little country lanes that sort of thing that's literally where I live yeah that's that's nice um what school what college or university do you go to and what are you studying so I'm at the University of Brighton which is kind of my local university um and I'm doing a bachelor of science degree in paramedic science and I'm in my second year it's a three-year course so I'm roughly halfway through so you're so, so you're gonna be a paramedic after when you're graduating? Yes. So um, it's a bit different now to how it was in the past. Um, you used to learn to be a paramedic by um, kind of doing the job on the road, and you'd you'd do the courses and build your way up, and that's kind of how you got there. But now they're kind of focusing more on the higher education side of it because there's so much behind it. There's so much medicine behind it that now they're, they're bringing in these um, paramedic courses. I mean, there's some universities more up north that have only just started, like this is their first year of paramedic science. So, um, yeah, when we graduate, we'll become registered healthcare professionals um, and paramedics. Awesome. What kind of made you get in, like, what made you want to be a paramedic? Was that kind of something that you always wanted or was it kind of a pivot later? Uh, definitely wasn't something I always wanted to do I was the sort of person that would pass out if someone would bleed in front of me um, if someone was going to be sick or something I would run in the opposite direction um, 
there used to be a bit of a joke people would have like cuts on the hands really minor things and I would cringe at them I just couldn't even couldn't deal with it um so it definitely wasn't something I always wanted to do I was really into um making industry and beauty and when I was at school I kind of didn't really know what I wanted to do but I was really good at things like nail art so that's what I did when I left school um I went and did a three-year beauty course and was really good at it to be honest I I loved it but it kind of wasn't ever enough I never felt completely fulfilled um so I was just kind of doing jobs because I needed the money and being a makeup artist on the side um and I kind of always knew that I wanted to work with people I quite enjoyed the helping people but obviously in a different way I was helping them feel better about themselves and with makeup I wanted to work with um, people that had had cancer showing them how they can still put makeup on and feel pretty even though a lot of them didn't feel like they could feel pretty so I always enjoyed that sort of stuff so I suppose in a way I've always been on the same track but um, I suppose it was about 2017 I just did a first aid course just for the job I was at um, and really enjoyed it. I just found it really interesting and I remembered everything. I was just really taking it in on the course. Um, and I suppose it was a couple of weeks after that, I helped out someone that had quite a nasty injury to their foot that was bleeding quite nicely. And after that, I kind of just thought about it for a little while. Um, I had an ambulance that came out to that person and uh, they thought I was a nurse. He actually asked me what I did and, and I said I was a makeup artist and he was like oh and I was like why and he was like you just dealt with it perfectly and I was like did I <laughs> um so I thought about that for ages I think I must have been thinking about it for about three months before I mentioned to anyone that I'd been having these thoughts and I told my best friend first and she was like what the hell where's that come from and I was like I don't know I just keep thinking about it I can't stop thinking about it and I eventually told my parents and my family and they were like really <laughs> they just didn't expect it from me but I thought about it for a long time I went and did some voluntary work all that sort of stuff um and made sure it was really for me and I wasn't going to be scared as soon as someone passed in front of me um and I've, enjoyed it. I've just enjoyed it more and more as it's as it's gone on the last couple of years did, so yeah expected did the uh dealing with blood and stuff get easier along the way yeah I think to be honest the makeup artistry stuff helped because I did a lot of um like casualty simulation like trauma makeup so there was a lot of fake blood so I think something in my mind was registering the real blood as just makeup so then I kind of got over it <laughs> so I just it just stopped bothering me um I mean I wasn't completely okay with it um that's kind of happened more as I've been exposed to it but now yeah I just get on with it it doesn't even faze me anymore <laughs> so pro tip for anyone else who uh, squeamish with blood, pretend it's makeup. <laughs> yeah, literally. Go and buy yourself like a Halloween makeup kit, play with it at home, and then eventually you'll just be like, oh, it's all makeup. <laughs> I mean, that's a, maybe I'll try that. I'm, I'm not good with blood right now. <laughs> um, so you kind of do the makeup artist stuff as like, uh, you kind of tied that in a little bit to the paramedic field, right? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, again, how it all started. So I was being a makeup artist and I knew a paramedic that worked in my local town um, and he knew I was a makeup artist. I went to school with him. So he kind of knew where I was going. Um, and he asked me to come and do some makeup for a big rescue simulation. So him, a load of other paramedics and firefighters and policemen, um, loads of agencies. I think there was about nine different agencies there. We're going to do this huge simulation um, and that was going to be multi-casualty. So it was going to be um, 
I think in total there's 24 casualties uh, that all needed makeup and he knew what I, w- I could do it. So I went and helped out. And again, that was one of the things that helped me kind of get into it because then I'd stand on the side and I'd watch them all do what they were doing. And I was just fascinated by it. Um, so yeah, originally I started off doing things like bridal makeup and um, proms and all that sort of stuff. But eventually the the trauma makeup was more interesting to me and it was more fun because you can't really go wrong with it. You don't have to get it perfect because if it's a mess, it's better. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I did a simulation with them. I've done a couple since being a student paramedic, but now I'd rather do the paramedic stuff so rather than be the makeup artist. So I'm kind of on that fine line of enjoying it and being a bit jealous. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that sounds super fun though, because you probably get to be like pretty creative with that too, because, you know, not every injury is different. So you probably get yeah. to like do something different each time maybe. Yeah, I think if I look back at the pictures of injuries that I created when I was a makeup student and some of the ones I've done more recently, they're definitely more realistic now, I think, because I kind of know what what they look like and I know how different things bleed and all that sort of stuff. So I think they've got better, definitely. And and, uh, yeah, it's helped help me grow as a student power as well. Yeah, that makes sense. That's uh, that sounds super fun and interesting. It's yeah, a lot of people when they find out about it, I've got so many questions and they want to see pictures and all that sort of stuff. A lot of them then kind of a bit squeamish after, but they're always interested in it. And it's quite a cool skill to have when you're kind of in this industry before. Um, before obviously I got into it, I had it, but now that I'm in it, it's quite nice to have because if I need to create something, I can do. Um, and I've worked with people that are doing things like exams and assessments and that sort of stuff that. I've done makeup for um, and it just helps helps you pass exams if you're actually looking at something that's real so it's, yeah, yeah that would be cool especially if you're studying like a certain type of thing like thing uh, and then being able to kind of like maybe it might help if you kind of made that so well like while you're studying a certain like for example a certain type of injury or something if you like okay I'm studying this thing like maybe I'll try to make it like on my arm or something to learn more about like the anatomy of that injury I feel like that would be really helpful for studying yeah so I've done a couple with like open fractures so bones coming through the skin they're they're quite good ones because the management of them obviously have to be quite careful so if you're if you're all practicing on someone that looks like they've actually got that injury it just works better practicing you can just kind of visualize it more than you would if you were just pretending there was something there um so yeah my friends enjoy it sometimes as well (laughs) yeah I'm sure they do I I mean that hands-on uh practice is I feel is very important for um like first aid care and like emergency care yeah I've done it um with some uh there's some younger they're called cadets we have a big charity in this country called St John that kind of run um a lot of event first aid so they cover um some of the big events and they have a youth division that has um, cadets in it that are, I think, 12 to 18, I think their ages are. Um, and they do a lot of assessments every year to kind of move up the levels. And I do it a lot for them when they have the assessments. So I'll go in and, and they'll get presented with this injury and they're like, oh, my God. But it's much easier because they're quite young, some of them. And they know they've had the training, so they know what they're doing. But um, they enjoy it more because it's it's kind of fun then as well. So Yeah, de- yeah. 
Is that the St. John ambulance? Because we have, we actually have that here in Canada too. Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they're at like all of the local events and stuff. Yeah, same here. All of them, they, they try and do everything. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they run the first aid courses too. Like I've had to take a couple of their first aid courses. And actually that's kind of why I, I mentioned like how the hands-on in that type of uh, field, the hands-on is more important because like I've taken so many CPR courses or like first aid courses and then like walked away and could not tell you how to wrap something because like I didn't, <laughs> like I did it once in the course and then like never did it again. Yeah. And it just was like, Oh, here's how to do it. But like, we're not going to practice this. So <laughs> like I can, I would be so unhelpful <laughs> in an emergency. Yeah. St. John's a first aid course is the one I did that very first one when I was doing it at work. St. John ran that. Um, and the guy that was running it was telling me about the volunteering he did. So eventually when I decided, however many months later, I think this was probably in May. And then in the December, I joined myself and started doing the event stuff, which is how I got involved with the youth division as well. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. You do it once and you think, oh, I don't remember any of it. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, get put on the spot later. And you're like, uh, I don't know if I'm doing this right, but I think yeah, I remember like thinking back now when I did that first course, they made us do chest compressions as like a mini assessment at the end so we could then get signed off on it. And I remember like massively overthinking a chest compression, whereas now I just kind of do it and I don't even have to think about it. It's just like an autopilot thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, you've probably done that a million times by now. I've done it a few times, yeah. <laughs> that helps. That helps. <laughs> it's a lot um, harder in real life. You have to really have some stamina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I It's hard, like doing like the however many I see. I don't even remember how that even works, but 30 <laughs> doing all the 30 compressions like that's a lot of work. Yeah, it yeah. hurts your arms. But I mean, I guess it's worth it because you're saving someone's life and all that. But uh, yeah. And in real life, you, you're not even thinking about feeling tired because your adrenaline takes over so much. And especially right. now, probably not so much a couple of years back, but now that I know so much more because I've learned it at university my head's thinking about other things so I'm thinking right next we need to do this or we need to check this or this needs to be given or whatever so I'm not even thinking about little things like that anymore I'm thinking about the bigger things so my body just does it it's just an, an like a muscle movement now <laughs> but it aches you ache the next day so much <laughs> yeah that, that makes sense like in that moment you're like you, you don't really care about how much it hurts until the next day yeah it's um you don't think about it until a couple of hours later I actually did it yesterday so this morning when I woke up my abs are really aching and the back of my shoulders are really aching um and yesterday my hands like I just had really achy fingers but you don't it was like four hours later when I actually thought oh my hands are aching but yeah in the moment you're not thinking about it at all mm -hmm. yeah that, that makes sense um do you have any kind of like I know you share a lot of uh advice on your um social media and stuff for other other paramedic students as well as maybe other like other students who are taking other type of healthcare programs um so do you have any kind of tips and advice you could share for students who might be listening who maybe are in their first year as a paramedic or are thinking about that career path uh so first year I'd say definitely ask questions I feel like I didn't ask 
enough questions, I suppose. I mean, I was asking things when I was out on placement and, and with different healthcare professionals, but I'd always come home and think, oh, I wish I'd asked about that or I wish I'd asked about this. Um, and then I'd have to kind of research it myself as if I'd have just asked someone, it would have been explained to me. So obviously we're there as students, they know we're there to learn. And there's no such thing as a silly question, really, because if you're asking something about the job and to help you learn, then that's going to help you develop. So I would say if you're thinking about something, even if it's like the name of a piece of equipment, just say to someone, oh, what, what's this called? And, and they'll just tell you. And then you'll probably remember that forever. You won't ever have to think, oh, what's this called again? Um, was I felt like I didn't do that in my first maybe three or four months. I was quite reserved I'd ask bigger questions but I felt silly if I would ask little things so I was kind of getting to a point where I was like I don't even know what that's called so then I'd have to research it because I didn't want to ask people so the first years I'd say just if you've got a question just ask it because someone will tell you and it'll just make your life easier in the long term but I suppose for new starters um, if you're like going through application process, I'd say make sure that you really understand the role because a lot of people think, especially with paramedics, I'm not sure how it works with other healthcare professionals, but people think you just do things like big car accidents and big resuscitation jobs every single day, but you don't. I mean, it's been months and I've only had one thing like that. Um, it's a lot more things like mental health and um caring for elderly people and that sort of stuff and the universities really look for that when you go in for your interviews they don't want you to just say oh I watched a cool program and I want to be a paramedic um, they want you to really understand what you're getting yourself in for so it is a lot of kind of community-based care social care now um, just because that's where the role is going so I think if you're applying and you're about to go for an interview I think if you have a real understanding of what that role that you're going into actually is they'll see it and they'll understand that you know what you're you're talking about so I think yeah do a bit of research if you know people that are in the profession talk to them um and just yeah know what you're letting yourself in for basically yeah definitely with a field like that like you have to know I feel like you have to kind of know what you're in for and yeah. a lot of like and this is kind of I've said I in the past I've said the same thing about like nursing and stuff like that too like anything that involves immediate like care of someone in the health industry I feel like you kind of have to understand that it's not going to be like that glamorous uh image that you see like in movies and on tv like it's not just going to be oh we're rushing to the scene of this major accident we're going to save this person's life and it's going to be this big like whole ordeal it's very it's much different when you actually do it yeah I, I totally agree. I think, yes, yeah, same with nurses. A lot of people see like things like Grey's Anatomy and think that's what a nurse is going to be, but it's not. It's it's kind of caring for people and sitting there and listening to people talk. And I mean, a lot of patients we're seeing, especially at the moment um, with like GPs being closed and that sort of stuff, people are getting almost to their wits end and have nowhere else to go. So they'll call an ambulance. So we can't really do anything for them because we're emergency trained. Um <laughs> But sometimes just listening to them and then trying to point them in the right direction is is the biggest thing that helps them. So, yeah, just not always thinking you're going to go into, yeah, running into big car accidents or something like that, because I don't think I've ever seen that happen. <laughs> I, know, I have actually um, a couple of my close friends are nurses and a couple of them are paramedics uh, yeah. like here in Canada. And um, 
Yeah. Like sometimes they'll, they'll say some kind of story about whatever they did that day. And I'm just like, Ew, (laughs) you have to, (laughs) you have to deal with that. Yeah, definitely. Some of the most memorable ones are not the ones that you'd think. Like a lot of people are like, Oh, how many people have you seen die? And you're like, I don't even know, but you can tell them an interesting story that they they would think is probably quite boring, but to you, it's probably the more interesting thing or the more memorable thing. But yeah, I think there's a real, with a lot of healthcare professionals, there's a real, like, the wrong attitude towards life-saving. People think you're just going to save lives every day. But if I'm totally honest, I think I've been on the road for like a year and a half, and I, I would say I've probably only saved two lives, like, actually saved them everything else has kind of been a care type thing so I've done something that helped them or I've got them to where they need to be um or yeah pointed them in the right direction but as far as actually I saved a life I think probably only two or three out of hundreds of patients yeah yeah and I think like that that is something um that to, to kind of like keep that in mind because and yeah. I mean my, like my friend that's a, the, my uh my one paramedic friend like he I remember it was like a couple years ago and he's been a paramedic for maybe eight years now. And, uh, I remember a couple years ago, he was, he, uh, I guess he delivered a baby on the side of the road or something like that, or he delivered a baby and he was like really, really excited about it. And we're, and we were like, don't you do that stuff like that all the time? And he's like, no, like this was a huge <laughs> deal. And like, he was so excited about it. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Childbirth is really rare actually. And I think a lot of, a lot of healthcare professionals that I've spoken to about childbirth, because I would love to do something like that. Um, a lot of people that I've spoken to have been like, oh no, I can't stand maternity jobs. And I'm like, really? And they always say, no, they're so messy. So much is going on. You have one patient and then suddenly you have two and, and all this sort of stuff. And I think, especially for paramedics, normally when you arrive on a scene, something has already happened and you're there to fix it. Whereas with childbirth, yeah. it's happening and it's all on you. So yeah, they're, they're big jobs, but no, thankfully they don't happen a lot. Um, people usually get to a maternity ward just in time or obviously they're at home. Um, so it's a quite a rare job, but yeah, it's very exciting when babies are born. Yeah. That must be kind of like, I mean, I know obviously you don't want that to happen because it's not, you know, it means there's an emergency, but I'm sure that was kind of, it's kind of one of those like, Ooh, like if it does happen, it's always like a highlight yeah. for you guys, not for the, not for the patient. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I know a lot of um, paramedics that have done it maybe only once or twice in their whole career, but I think it's the same as the parents. Once it's all over and the baby is here, everyone just chills out and it's a much nicer environment. Um, I do know one paramedic that said that delivered a baby and said to mum, Oh, I think you should name baby after me. And they actually did. So. <laughs> really? girl has got the same name as the paramedic which I think is adorable and uh, if I ever deliver a baby I hope someone calls it Beth <laughs> that is so sweet that they did that yeah that's probably one of the highlights of her career so she's done yeah two or three childbirths but she'll always remember that um which is lovely yeah definitely um so you also you published a book or uh not really a book more like a pamphlet on um interview like uh university interviews yeah right um what kind of made you like was it something that you kind of just did because a lot of people were kind of asking you for tips and stuff so you just kind of put that together it's like a guide right yeah so 
it kind of came about because a lot of people were messaging me and asking questions um, about interviews and asking for advice on the interviews. And I kind of was just saying the same thing every time. Um, to be honest, the whole my whole Instagram that I started was I kind of started it to help people that are going through it and give them the support that I kind of didn't get. I was the first person in my family to go into a role like this. I was the first person in my family to go to uh, university. So I kind of was, I wouldn't say at a disadvantage, but I didn't really have much help uh, in that sense because no one knew what was going on. So I spent hours and hours and hours researching before my university interviews, finding out what they would ask me and the sort of things that I needed to say. And I kept it all in a folder. Like I had a really thick folder that I'd take with me because I always stayed in a hotel the night before because some of the universities were quite a distance away. And I'd read through it all. So it was all in my head. So when I got there, I knew the right things to say so that I'd get offered a, a play. Um, and I still had it. I found it not that long ago. So I was kind of flicking through it and I did a video on it so people could see the sort of things I researched. And so many people messaged me like, can I buy this off you? And I was like, really? <laughs> Why do you want to buy this? Um, so I sat down and I found all the, I found a USB stick with the documents on and I went through it all and kind of compressed it into a guide. Obviously I had a lot of stuff that was specific to the universities I was applying for, which wasn't relevant to everyone. Right. Um, so I took all that out and I just kind of kept things like the key qualities of paramedics, paramedic skills, um, some practice questions that I'd found. Um, I kind of did a brief description of like the role of a paramedic. So the sort of thing that I know the universities look for put that all in a document I think it's about 10 pages um, and I've had quite a few people that have, have really loved it and have said thank you so much um, and a few people that are a bit like is this really going to help me and I was like well it helped me so it might help you um, but it's not so much telling them what to say it's telling them how it's teaching them how to prepare yeah. for it and what to research before um, just so that they can answer the questions confidently really um, I've got I think I've got a copy next to me here yeah, so I just basically put things in there like um, reading over your personal statement. So we do all of our university applications through uh, UCAS. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Yeah, we have a similar thing in Canada. It's like, oh, I forget what it's called. It's been a while since I used it. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, so the universities all put out their courses on, on UCAS and you apply through them and you upload a personal statement, which is, uh, I think it's four thousand characters or something like that it's been quite a while since I did mine um and quite often they will pull up on that in in your interview now obviously most people know what's in it um I think there's a real small number of cases where people aren't that truthful in their personal statement and that's how they get caught up so I've just put in there things like read your personal statement know what's in there because then if they say to you tell me about this then you can answer confidently. I had it at one of my interviews. He asked me about um, an experience I had abroad and said, can you just tell me a bit more about it? And I literally said to him, how long have we got? Because I had to talk about this for five hours. And he was like, oh, we've only got 10 minutes. <laughs> but I was really confident in that answer and he could see that I was really passionate about it. Um, so that's the sort of thing they're looking for. If you've put something in their personal statement, They've obviously been attracted to you based on that application. So just go through it and talk about it as much as you can in your interview. So I put that in there. Um, I put in there about researching the university because although we're paramedic students or nursing students or something like that, we are also university students and they want the best students. Um, and I think I read somewhere before my interview um, that they want like an all-rounded student, not just someone that is going to do the bare minimum. So... 
I would look at things like um, the course specifics, so how many placement hours they offer me, um, the local ambulance service that I'd work with, um, employment rates at the end of the course. Um, I would look at like the extra modules you'd get. So we, although we do ambulance placements, we also do hospital placements. So we get to do things like A&E um, or the emergency room. Um, we get to do... Um, Oh, where else have I done a paediatrics one in next year? I'll get to do a maternity one, that sort of thing. So they're all different, different universities offer different things. So I was kind of looking at what that specific university would offer me. And then when they say to me, oh, why this uni or what attracted you to our course or something like that, I had a quite a solid answer to give them and they knew that I'd done my research. Um, also looking at things like what societies they've got. So I think one of the universities I went to I'd looked at the societies that they have there and one of them was um, a British sign language one and I said oh I'm quite interested in that and he was like oh really how did you find out about that and I said oh I was looking on your website and I saw that you have a sign language society and he was like oh that's really interesting so he was engaging with me because he could tell I'd done my research so I put in things like that into my guide just so that people can really prepare themselves I mean they might not use all of it but at least they can go in a bit more confident um yeah, because I felt before I was going into it, I felt like I was really lost and I was going into this massive thing and I had no idea what to say. But I would go through all of this information and it was all in my head. So I think I was quite confident. And all of the universities I went to offered me a place. So I obviously did something right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's that's actually um, kind of something that when students are, I think uh, that when people are going and I and it's kind of similar for job interviews too, but I think that a lot of the times people kind of get caught up in me- trying to memorize their answers to questions. So they'll like, okay, here's what I'm going to say for this. Here's what I'm going to say for this. And they, and I feel like everyone kind of focuses on that type of preparation instead of the being mentally prepared approach. And I think yeah. that, I think that's a big factor when people, um, like if sometimes if you leave an interview and you don't feel like it went very well, but you're like, but I had all these answers. And I feel like it's because of that. There does need to be that level of mental preparation for any type of interview. Yeah. And I think as well, uh, we all forget because obviously the university interviews are a massive thing for us, but they are probably seeing 400 applicants. So unless you're kind of standing out, they would probably forget about you and that obviously that's not what you want when you're trying to get a place so my attitude towards it was just like overly prepare for it but not prepare for it in a way that I was going to forget like you say um really kind of take it all in and know what I was going in there uh, for and hope that they engage with that and they definitely did so I mean I've also put things in there like what to take with you because so many people ask me what do I take on my interview? And I was just kind of listing all these different things. I mean, it's only things like a bottle of water and a snack and a pen and that sort of stuff. But if you're that under pressure, you'll forget to take a pen. So, <laughs> Yeah. And uh, like you should always, I personally, I'm one of those people that thinks that everybody should always have a pen in their purse or wherever you go. Yeah. I've always got loads on me. <laughs> yeah. Like I have one in my, in every, I have like a couple different purses and I have them in there. I have one in my car I have one in like my work. I like they're everywhere. Yeah, you never, you never know when you need a pen. <laughs> but yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, there's been even a few times myself where I've I've been preparing for an interview and I've 
sat there and be like, what can I bring? Like, is it okay if I bring a bottle of water? Like, what am I allowed to, like, should I bring my purse? And I just like overthink all these things. Yeah. And, like, you never know really. Yeah. I mean, a lot of universities are quite good. They send you um, like a list of the things you need to bring. So like copy of your ID um, certificates from school and that sort of stuff. So obviously everyone thinks, oh, I really need to take this certificate, but they'll quite often forget about little things like pens and a bottle of water. And quite often if you're sat outside an interview room for 20 minutes, you probably need a drink because you're probably panicking a little bit. So yeah, I've put all of that sort of stuff in there as well as things like um, just how to make a good impression, just kind of more basic stuff. But yeah, I just felt like, a lot of people would be Googling practice questions and then learning the answers to the practice question was actually, if they then threw something different at you in the interview, you'd be really stuck. Whereas if you've done your research and you know what you're going into, it doesn't really matter what they throw at you because you can answer it confidently. Yeah. And you're kind of ready for it. And you're, you could, you're interested in a more calm, like you're not getting overwhelmed with that anxiety of just being in, put on the spot. Yeah, Exactly. And I think the water bottle thing too, uh, I read somewhere that um, it was like a little trick I read where if you, if you have water and you, if you kind of get into a little bit where you put on the spot or you're not entirely sure what to say, just, just stop and like take a sip of water to calm yourself. Yeah. And you can be totally honest about things like that as well. I mean, they know that you're just a person. They're not going to expect you to be some kind of robot. You could just say, oh, I'm really nervous. My mouth's really dry. Can I just have a drink of water? And they're not going to be like, no they're gonna be like yeah of course have a drink (laughs) yeah so I've just kind of included things like that I just wanted to give people the stuff that I felt like I needed when I was doing it um because I didn't come from like an academic background or anything like that it was so new to me I was throwing myself into I was really outside my comfort zone um and obviously I know terrifying how terrifying it is um and I just wanted people to feel a bit more supported so that's kind of my thinking behind the guide Yeah, that's, I think that's a really helpful, I mean, you obviously put a lot of effort into that and whether you intentionally did the effort for, uh, to, for other people or yourself, um, I, I think that's still like, it's, it's very worthwhile that you put that much effort into it. And now you can actually, all of that effort can keep, it helped you obviously, but now you can just keep doing that and keep sharing it over and over again after you put in all that effort and now other people all get to benefit from it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, it was all for me. It was, uh, this is a compressed version of what I did for myself. Um, And I think I left all five interviews feeling pretty good about it. Um, I think by the fourth one, I was a bit like, yeah, I've done this loads of times. It's just another one. Um, And I think that's because I prepared so well. So it's basically just, this is what you need to do in order to feel confident when you get there. So I'm hoping, well, so far I've heard a lot of feedback and a lot of people have done quite well at interviews um, and have thanked me for it. And people have said how great it is. So I'm glad it's helping people. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it is. And I mean, it sounds like uh, it's, it sounds like a more kind of multidimensional approach. So instead of just, you know, the quick, here's what to say, it's here's how to prepare. And I think, again, like I said, I think that is just as important. Yeah, I think it's just even if you were to stumble on the question if you were to talk about something very similar that is also relevant they can they can see that you've done your preparation they don't want someone that's just turned up on the day thinking I hope I hope I get it (laughs) they can see that you're you're really passionate about it and you're really engaged and and you want it and that's what they want 
um, for their students. So yeah, that makes total sense. Um, obviously, in that in that uh, with a with a science or health based program, especially with something so important like being like the paramedic program, um, I'm assuming that that is a lot of work and a lot of time you have to spend. How much? How off? How much time do you spend studying typically? Um, so we, our university runs on a um, kind of program that works every week. So most universities that do uh, courses like this have block placements and block universities. So they'll do eight weeks at uni um, and do all the academic stuff. And then they'll do eight weeks placement and they'll carry on like that. Whereas we run placement and university at the same time. So I do roughly 24 hours a week on placement. So that's two shifts normally. Um, that are totally random sometimes they're days sometimes they're nights sometimes they're half and half um, and then normally one day at university at least obviously at the moment that's mostly online um, but we're doing a lot of skills stuff as well so we're kind of sometimes we're there sometimes we're at home so I do at least a day of uni a week sometimes three or four um, and I suppose self-studying I don't do as much as I probably should um I'd say at least six hours a week, sometimes quite a bit more. So if I've got an exam coming up, I'll probably right. be sat at my desk every day. Um, but on a normal week, I kind of do, I'd say about six to eight hours at home on my own, just sat there going through things or learning things or something like that. So it's probably not as much as I should be doing, but I feel like I'm doing all right. So I'm going to carry on. <laughs> it sounds like it's still a lot of studying. Like I don't remember myself studying that much. <laughs> I didn't take care, obviously didn't take a heavy science based or healthcare based program, but it does sound like uh, a lot of time and and effort you spent studying did you do have did you end up having kind of like uh, a routine or like a study uh yeah like a study routine that you kind of developed to help yourself um just stay focused and not want to go crazy from all of that studying uh well I definitely did study this much last year this year has been a massive step up so I'm definitely doing more now um, but I also think partly because I'm interested in it more this year, it's more skills based. So I'm kind of learning the theory behind the skills. Um, I wouldn't say I had a plan as such. I'm kind of one of those people that does it when I feel like it almost. Um, if I wake up in the morning and say to myself, right, I'm going to study all day today. Normally, I'm not in the right mindset for it. So I kind of don't really learn anything. And then I've wasted like eight hours sat at a computer and I've not actually taken anything in. Whereas now I'm kind of working on a basis if, if I get if I'm interested in something and I want to know about it then I'll go and do it so despite what I've got planned that day um I'll just go and research something it might be 20 minutes and then I'll come back the next day and do a couple of hours so I'm kind of more trying not to stress myself out um I don't want to be trying to stick to this strict routine of you have to study this much and on this day because I think I just it's a waste of time for me there because my brain just doesn't like that um but uh, yeah, so like, I'll go out on placement and I'll see a couple of things that I think, oh, that's really interesting. And then when I get home the next day, I'll go and sit and I'll read about them or I'll do a bit of work about them or something like that. And quite often after a lecture, uh, so we'll do an online lecture, it usually finishes sort of lunchtime. I'll pick up on something that I'm really interested in and then I'll, I'll go and read about that. And I think it just helps with the coping because obviously there's so much work 
I don't want to don't want to get to a point where I'm resenting it a little bit because I'm quite enjoying it at the moment. So I'm just kind of taking it at my own pace. Um, that being said, I had an exam a couple of weeks ago and I hardly left my desk for about two weeks. I was like sitting up all night. I think one night I went to bed at about 3 a.m. And that's only because I had to be up in the morning. I was getting <laughs> and I was immediately going and sitting at my desk in my pajamas. I was listening to podcasts that were the same sort of thing as what my exam was in the car, in the shower. Like I did not stop because I was obsessing over it. Um, but that was only two weeks and I did the exam and now I've chilled out a bit after. So I suppose I, I think everyone's like that. They get before an exam, they just start stressing and thinking, I don't know anything, but I didn't know it. I was just getting stressed. <laughs> Yeah, I think everyone kind of goes through every once in a while you get that one. Maybe it's that one exam that's like, here's it's worth like half your grade or there's another, you know, maybe you you need to get a certain mark on that exam because of whatever reason. And people just like really stress themselves out and really just put themselves like and and I'm not saying like it's a bad thing because it's just a natural thing. But I think when you're really, really stressed out, like that's all that you can think about is just, okay, I need to do this. Did I do enough? Did I study enough? Yeah, no, that's how I was. I mean, it wasn't just me. I know all of my friends at university were the same. It was probably the biggest exam of the year, if not of the course. Um, and to kind of put it into perspective, it was a it was a patient assessment exam, but it's very, very similar to the exam that the medical students do. Um, and obviously they're going to be doctors. We're not going to be doctors, but we were doing this exam that's very similar. Um, and the pressure came from, we had to learn these five different systems of the body. Um, we had to know them all and know the background of it all, but we actually didn't know which one we would be tested on. So we would turn up to the exam room and literally roll a dice and whatever number we got is, is what we had to do. So we were learning five things, but we only needed one. So I think that was why we were stressing ourselves out so much because we had such a huge amount of stuff to learn but actually we didn't need to know all of it because we weren't going to need it all for the exam but I mean it's definitely paid off now I'm like coming up to three weeks I think since I've done it and I definitely remember most of it I feel a lot more confident since I've done that and I feel like I sound like I know what I'm talking about more now (laughs) yeah a couple of occasions where I've been in hospital giving a handover and I've said things and I kind of come out of it and think who was that that just (laughs) I was like, wow, I sound so smart. <laughs> I've done that too. Like there's been a few times where I've, I've been just had a conversation with someone and I, and I kind of walk away and I'm like, wow, I sounded really smart when I was yeah. talking just now. <laughs> That's literally how I've been. I mean, it, yeah. it definitely happened. I did a shift a couple of days after the exam. And I think if I hadn't done that exam, I wouldn't have been as confident as I was at this job. And yeah, got to the hospital and I kind of turned around and the paramedic that I was with, <laughs> working with, had just left. He'd just gone outside because he was like, oh, you had it. And I was yeah. like, Dude. you got this. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought, yeah, for the whole day, I was thinking, wow, I actually know what I'm talking about now. It's going to make you feel good, though. Yeah, I got home and I was in a really good mood because I was just mm-hmm. thinking, I just, I just understood things a lot more. I'd stopped stressing and actually realized that I did know near enough all of it still. Um but that pressure had gone. So I was just kind of enjoying being smarter than I was a couple of weeks before. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like almost like that preparation being prepared and, and uh, just uh, I'm trying to re- like figure out the word I was looking for, but just kind of that being prepared is a really good way to kind of uh, defeat that like imposter syndrome 
Like I, yeah. I, I've talked to a lot of students who have kind of brought that up and been like, yeah, like I, I really struggled with imposter syndrome. And I feel like that's one of those keys to, to helping yourself kind of overcome that is just take more time to study, like slow yourself down a bit and just kind of do anything you can to absorb that material more. And the more you do that, the more you feel that you're um, confident enough to do it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember my very first shift um, on an ambulance, I went into a patient's home and I remember his wife saying, oh, don't worry, the paramedics are here. And I walked in and I thought, I literally know nothing. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> Whereas now I'll happily walk in and I'll, I can just do things on my own now, which is kind of mad when I think how I was like, no, it was about a year ago, probably. I was so scared and feeling like such a fraud because people are asking me questions and I was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> Whereas now, quite often, I can answer things confidently. And even if I'm not 100%, I can usually convince them that I'm 100%. And then I've always got the paramedic to fall back on or they'll they'll put something into a conversation as well. But yeah, it's, I kind of sometimes think, oh, why was I stressing so much before that exam? Because I obviously know it because I still know it now and I've not yeah. used that material since the day before um but yeah the stress the stress of things like that really get on top of you but now I can just enjoy knowing that stuff and being able to put that into practice which is much better than the stress <laughs> yeah and <clears throat> sorry and speaking of that kind of stress I mean I know that 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 type of job um and even just knowing this from my friends that are paramedics just it is a very uh stressful position because you have a lot of responsibility there's a lot one there's a lot of stuff you have to know like you have to know how to properly care for different types of things or treat different things but also like you have a lot of responsibility just knowing that people are relying on you not even just like to save their life in those dramatic situations but even like they're relying on you to help them feel better and so that can be really stressful or even if you have like maybe you have like a rough shift and something doesn't go as planned or something just doesn't like you just did everything you could and like something just didn't work. And so how do you kind of uh, keep yourself balanced so that you don't get into that uh, place where you're just overwhelmed with all of that stress? Um, so I think, especially with the studying side of it, like I said, I don't put any pressure on myself to, to study. I just do it when I feel like I'm doing it. Um, I think that helps with the university side of it, but mostly I'd say just kind of removing yourself from that situation and just doing what you want to do will just help you kind of recover from it. So quite often I've had not a bad day, I suppose. It's more of a just a stressful, busy day. And I've come back and I felt exhausted. And then the next day I've been off and I've just thought, actually, do you know what? I am just going to sit in front of the telly today and watch a binge watch a series or go shopping obviously that's not possible at the moment closed. Um, or go for a walk or something like that so I think to be honest the worst thing that we experience as students and probably as paramedics as well is more guilt so if you are having a bad day and you do think oh, I just want to sit in front of the telly today it's then the guilt of you not doing what you should be doing so not reading that book or not doing that piece of work that makes you feel worse than than anything so I think just kind of accepting that sometimes you do just need a break. So if you do wake up and genuinely think to yourself, I really can't do this today, or I really don't want to do that bit of work today, as long as obviously you're not just about to hit a deadline, it's okay to just 
sit and watch TV or go for a run or go shopping or go and see your family. There's nothing wrong with doing that if that's what you need. So I think, yeah, especially for student paramedics, student nurses as well. If you, if you wake up one morning and think you need a break, have one. Don't beat yourself up because you're thinking, oh, I, need, I really need to do some work. Just have that time off because actually it's going to benefit you more later on when you come back to doing that work. You're going to be more refreshed and you're going to feel, feel better about it. Um, if, you, if you're stressed and you really don't want to do something, especially studying, you're not going to retain anything. You're going to waste your own time. So, yeah, just being able to unwind. However, however you do unwind, I mean, for me, it's normally staying in bed or staying in my pajamas and watching TV or going for a walk in the woods or something. It just... I just forget about everything for a little while and then you feel more refreshed after. So yeah, just removing yourself from that situation and doing something that you enjoy will help you recover. I suppose. Yeah. I think that's a really important point about a lot of people kind of like it's, it is really important to do like those kind of date, like, you know, if you need to have a day where you just do nothing all day, then you need to do it. And that helps you kind of reset. But I think that's a really good point about um, feeling guilty about doing that. Cause even too, sometimes like I'll, um, I'll catch myself. Like, I'm like, I'm going to give myself, you know, today's going to just be a do nothing, sit on the couch day, but then I'll get like five hours or no, not even five hours, maybe like a couple hours in. And I'm like, uh, I f- like, shouldn't I, I feel like I'm wasting my entire day. Like, shouldn't I be doing something a little yeah. more important? And it just like, then I get so conflicted. And like, I feel like that is, um, kind of interrupts the whole point of, giving yourself that day off yeah that guilt is the biggest problem I think just thinking oh I've got so much stuff that I should be should be doing but I'm not doing it I'm wasting my time but I think we all need it we all need to waste a bit of our own time because otherwise you're just going to become overwhelmed I mean after I did that exam a couple of weeks ago I'd spent well I'd spent all of my Christmas holidays really revising and then obviously once I came back after Christmas I was solidly revising so then my exam was a Friday afternoon I then to the whole weekend I thought I'm not even going to think about the fact that I want to be a paramedic for at least two days I had a new module coming up on the Monday that was about to start and I just didn't want to do anything I wasn't going to prepare for it. I just thought right have the weekend off and I spent the whole weekend in the garden I'd had some new pets so I was building them a new little house to live in and I was just outside all weekend I mean it's freezing cold but I just didn't even think about it and then when I came back Monday morning for the new lecture I just felt quite refreshed, although I hadn't prepared. So there was that tiny bit of guilt in the back of my head. No, do you know what? I feel a lot better. I've had a really stressful couple of weeks and now I just feel more relaxed and ready to start something new. And I think, to be honest, that was the best thing for me. Although someone might have said, oh, why not doing any uni work? You're a uni student. Actually, I needed that time because I'd had an intense couple of weeks and I felt better for it. Yeah. And I think that is just as important to get yourself in that right zone and refresh yourself so that you can just go into that exam cool calm and collected and that's honestly in my opinion that's that's almost if not equally as important as preparing the material itself like obviously I know the material is what's on the actual exam but your mindset is like a make or break kind of thing for that yeah I think if I just sat uh, all weekend reading books and preparing myself I would have been in a worse position than I was because I had some time off because I was just my mind was cleared and I was able to take in what I was being taught rather than overthinking oh I wish I'd have read about this or I wish I'd have done that I was just able to chill and I enjoyed it a bit more I think I was I was really engaging in what we were being taught because 
uh, my mind was I was just enjoying it and then afterwards I was thinking oh I really want to read up on this so then it kind of started the whole study thing again and I was still interested in it whereas I think if I'd have not had that time to myself I'd have been getting to the point where I was resenting uni because I was like oh I'm so stressed I've got so much to do I don't want to do any of it I just want to chill um but because I'd done that I'd made myself had some time off and and see my partner because I hadn't seen him for a good couple of weeks as I've been sat at my desk in another room um I just yeah I just felt better mm-hmm. for it and I think people just need to realize that you're not a bad person because you need some time off everyone needs a break uh, whether you only need an hour or you need 10 hours you do you and actually you'll be better for it in the long term absolutely I completely agree I think it's so important to do that and just to do like if that's that's the thing that's going to help you redo that kind of reset. Cause everyone does need to do that kind of clear your mind for a bit and do, I said reset, but I, I think I meant to say like a refresh refresh. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just so you're more focused and, and yeah, like you may end up liking or being more interested in what you're learning than if you didn't, because you're just clear. Yeah, I think for me, it makes me a better student because I take that time to just chill out. I don't overwhelm myself with it. And like I said, I stay interested in it. I don't I don't want to ever get to a point where I really don't want to be a paramedic anymore because I can't deal with with the workload, I suppose. So I kind of take time out and then I come back to it and I'm still enjoying it. And I think that's quite important. I don't I don't ever want to overwhelm myself too much. Yeah, that makes sense. Are there any other kind of like. um struggles or challenges that you kind of had to overcome as a student or were those kind of like I know we covered a bit of that but um I think yeah the work life balance definitely one of them so like we said knowing when to take some time out um I think keeping on top of things has been probably the biggest challenge now I've obviously done education for most of my life but it's a big step up university and (laughs) rather than being taught things in a classroom five days a week, you're now being told to go away and almost teach yourself and then come back and something can then teach yourself a bit further. So I think just trying to cope with that workload has been, has been a struggle. I mean, some people that are really academic thrive on things like that. They love all of that pressure, but for some of us that are not as academic, um, suddenly being given all this higher education stuff to take in is, is like, whoa, this is massively out of my comfort zone. So I think just keeping yourself quite organized and, and knowing what you need to do, but not putting too much on yourself, planning your time quite well is is a massive thing. Um, and just keeping on top of it all, like um, writing essays, not leaving them until the last two weeks. If you get given five months, do it in the first month, because then in four months time, you'll think, oh, wait, I've already done that. Or you can come back to it and reread it and you can change it if you want to or make it better or whatever. It just using your time well and not putting extra pressure on yourself, I suppose, because there is a lot of work and there is a lot of things to learn. So keeping on top of it is probably the best thing you can do to help yourself. Yeah, like that is probably one of the biggest things I hear from a lot of people is that whole just the transition to university where all of a sudden you have to do everything for yourself and you're your own advocate. Whereas in high school and this, like any level of school before that, everyone kind of is there to kind of like 
push you along and Go guide you, you along. Yeah. yeah. And now all of a sudden you're like, well, now I'm, and for a lot of people, it's, I'm in a new city. I'm in, um, and not everyone, but typically a lot of people Most go to people, a different yeah. city. So it's now you're, now you're on your own in a new city, in a new place. And the workload just basically quadrupled. And now you're, you have to be on top of that yourself. Yeah. And not only the workload getting more, it's also a higher level than you've ever done before. Like I've done a couple of level three um, qualifications, which are kind of the college sort of level. And then university is a massive step up. So I knew it was going to be harder, but I don't think I quite anticipated how much harder. And even the difference between my first year and now obviously in my second year, even that was such a huge jump. So yeah, I mean, I can't imagine being 18 years old and, and being in a new city with people I don't know or anything like that. That would just be so hard. So, yeah, just trying to keep on top of it um, and plan your time well just because it stops, stops that unnecessary stress, um, which we all get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, like even just little things like, start, like, for example, starting that essay earlier than two weeks before the deadline, even just something as simple as that can make you feel so much less stressed and yeah. just, I think it goes back to some of that preparation too. Just, you know what? Like we, I started this early. Now I'm done early, and I'm not rushing. And you just don't have that same, uh, like you're pushing the deadlines to the last minute, writing the paper at 11:59 p.m. the night before, kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we did. I mean, I haven't done the essay for a couple of weeks now. Um, I think to be honest, the last one went in in like October just gone um but I had finished it and it was all done and I was perfectly happy with it nearly two weeks before I actually needed to hand it in so I uploaded it um onto the system and a couple of weeks later when the deadline came around I'd kind of forgotten about it because I'd already handed it in and I remember looking at the group chat that we've got for our cohort and people were stressed and they were worried about being able to upload it and all this sort of stuff and I was like I've done all that I'm cool I can just enjoy myself <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, it makes sorry go ahead we had one last year the deadline was actually my birthday and I was thinking I do not want to be stressing about an essay on my birthday so I did it as early as I possibly could so that I didn't have to think about it on my birthday so when it came out again people were stressing about uploading it and all this sort of stuff but I wasn't I was enjoying my birthday because I'd uploaded it two weeks before (laughs) yeah and like that's you know what you were proactive and you took care of that and then you got to not you got to have a birthday where you didn't have to worry about your schoolwork so I mean that pays off I was more more thinking I want to go out for lunch and I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that I didn't want to think about an essay so I was getting it done just because I wanted to go out and have a nice lunch (laughs) yeah I mean but that if that's what's motivating you then that's all the power to you yeah I mean some um some things as well can clash you can have a couple of deadlines that are really close together and I think just trying to separate them all out and get them all done would just help because otherwise that week or two weeks when you've got all these things due are going to be really stressful so yeah just yeah and get them out way because once they're done you don't really have to think about them again that's kind of the attitude I have just just do it and then it's done yeah get it over with and you don't have to worry about thinking about it exactly yeah I couldn't even tell you what some of the essays are I've forgotten them (laughs) I mean yeah that's that happens too um kind of on the flip side of that what is one of your favorite memories so far in school? Um, I, I think it's probably just the people I've met. Like we, there's a couple of us that are really good friends. There's about eight of us. Um, I knew two of them before I started. 
but the others I met at university and we just get on so well and we're kind of because we're all in it together we're a really good support system and we don't get to see each other a lot at the moment because um university is closed for lectures we only go in for skills days which are really small groups so I suppose just being able to go to university and sit and have lunch with all these people that understand what you're going through and we just get on so well I mean like at Christmas we did a zoom call and all of us were on there opening our presents because we'd done like a secret Santa for each other and we all had presents to open and it's just so nice you meet some really amazing people. I mean, same with patients. I've met some really incredible patients. Um, so I suppose just, yeah, the people you meet um, are amazing. I think that's the funny thing about kind of asking that question right now, like, um, like right in this time right now, asking, like, I find that I've asked, like, uh, people the same thing, like, what's one of your favorite memories? And a lot of people are just like, well, just hanging out with my friends because, like obviously we haven't really been able to do that for a while so yeah. a lot of people are just like just just my friends like yeah yeah honestly we miss each other so much we're, we're in communication all the time like we text yeah. each other every single day and quite a few of us work at the same um, ambulance station so we see okay. each other um on shifts only ever for a couple of minutes but we we see each other so when when we're allowed to finally get together and just sit at university and have lunch together and just chat it's just going to be so nice and we're all really looking forward to it yeah. um to, to have a support system like that to then suddenly not have one that you can see whenever you want to even for things like we have practical assessments all the time we used to get together and practice with each other we can't do that now because we're not allowed <laughs> um and we miss that all of us miss that i think so yeah i can't wait for us all to get together again yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I think that a lot of people are kind of feeling that right now too. And like, even just like, I, I mean, I can't wait to see my friends and you know, it's what happens. Yeah. Um, so another kind of question that we often ask people because we get kind of really interesting answers from it. Um, is if you could go back and talk to your 15 year old self, what would you say, or what kind of advice would you give yourself? Oh God, 15 years old. I just wanted to paint people's nails. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would probably say to myself, like, don't beat yourself up over things that I was, I wouldn't say I was shy at school, but I was quite reserved, I suppose. And if I did something wrong, any kind of criticism, I would really take to heart and I would really kind of beat myself up, up over it. And I'd, I'd kind of go home and I'd get into bed at night and think, oh, I wish I'd have done this or I wish I'd done that. And it would play on my mind all the time. Whereas now, I, if someone says, oh, if I was you, I'd have done it this way or whatever, I'd, I'd take that on and I'd learn from it. Whereas my 15-year-old self wouldn't have done. I'd have just thought, oh, my God, you failed and you're rubbish or all this sort of stuff. So I suppose if I was to talk to myself at that age, I'd just say, just learn from things. Don't sort of retain things and beat yourself up over them. Just use them as a a guide and learn from them. And just, yes, don't be so hard on yourself. Basically. I was, I was always thinking that I wasn't good enough for this or that was actually, I was, I was absolutely fine. Um, And I tried my best at most things, um, which is good enough. I've done what I could have done. Um, yeah, so I suppose not 
not beating myself up over things. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, you know, at that age, um, I think that's important because like there, I think that people at that age, when you're 15 or 16, even um, there's a lot of, you feel a lot of pressure kind of for not no yeah. reason. Like you feel like, because you have to make these decisions, like you have to decide if you want to go to university, you have to decide if you, what you want to do. And it feels at that age, that feels like so much pressure and just so much stress. And it's like, it's not that much pressure in the grand scheme of things, but you don't know, you don't realize that until later. Yeah. I mean, I was, I remember feeling a little bit, I suppose a little bit guilty because a lot of my friends that I was at um, my high school with were planning on going to university. And that was, that was their goal uh, was I didn't, I didn't want to go to university. I mean, I was 22 when I started university um, and I would quite often think, Oh, maybe I should. Cause I was obviously going to, to college to do my beauty therapy stuff and my makeup stuff. Um, and I would sometimes think, Oh, maybe I should just, just do it because everyone else is doing it. And it was almost what, not, not so much my family and my friends, but what the school expected you to do. Like they all expected yeah. you to, to go on to bigger and better things. And I would sometimes feel guilty about the fact that I was choosing to do something that I enjoyed rather than something that was more intelligent, I suppose. Um, but actually I really enjoyed all of the beauty therapy stuff and I was really good at it. And because I was good at it, I really thrived on it and I would do better because I enjoyed it so much um and I've always got those skills now no matter what happens in my life I will always have those qualifications and even if one day I wake up and decide I don't want to be a paramedic anymore I've got a whole other industry that I can go into because I'm qualified for it so it wasn't a waste of time I wasn't doing anything wrong by choosing to do that I didn't know where I was going and I did something that I enjoyed and I absolutely loved it it was probably one of the best things I've done because it wasn't as stressful as this but I was good at it. So I was, I was doing quite well. Um, and yeah, now I've got those makeup skills, which are helping me now. Um, um, yeah. So I just shouldn't have felt so guilty about other people going to university. I should have just gone with my heart and thought, actually, no, I'm going to do this because I want to do it and stop trying to explain myself to people because I didn't need to. That was what I chose to do. Honestly, I don't think that any, any type of education, I never think is a waste of time. Even if it's a program you take that you're maybe never even going to apply to anything. I, I don't think any of that is ever a waste of time. Yeah. I mean, now if I'd have gone to university when I was 60, uh, when I was 18, I don't know what I'd have done, but I certainly probably wouldn't be working in it now. I would have gone back and done this. So I think, I think in a way as well, everything I've done since I left school, has all kind of been a pathway to this. I think everything was always leading to this. Um, and obviously now everything I've done has helped me and all the experience I've got is probably the reason that I did quite well getting into universities because I had, wasn't very much, but I had some life experience. Um, and it, yeah, it's making, it's better for me now because, because I've done things like that. Um, and like I say, I've always got something to fall back on. If I ever do have a really bad day and I, and I don't want to do it anymore, I can take some time out and I'm not, uh, and I'm qualified to do something. So. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well. <laughs> What's that? Sorry. Absolutely loved it as well. It was so much fun. 
Well, that's the thing too, is like when you're taking stuff that you are interested in and you find it's fun, it's not even going to really feel like it's too much work. Yeah. I mean, I never planned on, on getting to 20, 21, 22 and then thinking, Oh, I'm going to go to university now. That was never, ever in my plan. Um, but I don't think I'd have been as confident. And I, I think as well, I wouldn't have understood some of the things I've done now if I hadn't done that. Cause um, especially the level three beauty was really um, science-based. It was really, um, it's to do with things like skin and bones and muscles and when it came to that in my first year of university, that wasn't so alien to me because I'd done that all before and I really enjoyed it and I found it really interesting. So everything I've done has helped me now. So, yeah, I don't regret it. But I, I remember just feeling guilty a couple of times when I was leaving school when people were saying, do you really want to do that? And, and I should have done. I should have just said to them, no, I'm going because I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, so just like own it and just be, you know, I'm here. Yeah, definitely. Um, so just have like two more questions. Um, one is, uh, this is another kind of fun one that we ask everyone. Um, and that is what is your favorite social media platform and why? Definitely Instagram. Um, I'm the sort of person that takes photos of like literally everything. (laughs) So if I'm doing something, I'm normally taking pictures of it. So even if I'm like out for a walk in the woods, I usually come home with like 200 pictures on my phone. <laughs> so I like it because you can just kind of share it with people. Yeah. And um, yeah, you can, you meet a lot of people on Instagram. I've met so many people since I started my account uh, back in May. Uh, they're all doing the same sort of job as me, but they live all over the country and we just kind of network on it. And I think it's great because I'd have never, never done that if it wasn't for Instagram. So I think it's, I think it's probably the best one. It's the one I use the most anyway. Yeah, it's definitely the most common answer. Um, it's just the most versatile and um, I think most used as well. Yeah. Um, do you want to drop your handle here and we can link it so that uh, our audience can follow you? Yeah, so my Instagram is at studentpara underscore B. So student and then para P-R. P-A-R-A, can't spell, <laughs> and then the underscore and just a B. And that's where I kind of document my like university, my placement, um, my studying. People message me tips and I kind of share them. And obviously the guide is on there and that sort of stuff as well. So it's kind of a platform for not just healthcare students. I, I have loads of followers that are not anything to do with it and they just are interested and they would never be able to do it themselves for whatever reason and they just like watching what's going on yeah I mean it like a lot of it is just from what I've seen too like a lot of it is kind of just advice that would help anybody any kind of student yeah anyone that's trying to get into university that feels a little bit like they're out of their depth I think there's probably something on there that that would help them um I kind of the whole thing I use it for is just to give people what I didn't have when I was applying because obviously I didn't have any family members that had done it or were in the role. I was kind of on my own almost. They would support me as much as they could, but they couldn't support me entirely because they didn't know themselves. So now I'm using what I've done to help the next couple of cohorts, I suppose. So yeah, giving people what, what I didn't have when I was in their position. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely a pretty, amazing thing and I'm sure a lot of people really appreciate all the information and help that you share too yeah I've had some really lovely messages and 
Um, a lot of people will always thank me because whatever I've said or told them has, has helped them in whatever way. And that makes me feel good as well. I always get nice feelings from the nice messages. Yeah, so it's always. <laughs> always like rewarding and fulfilling to do that for sure. Yeah, just definitely. knowing you're helping someone. And it's helped my confidence as well. Like people asking me things and me giving an answer, which helps them is just makes me feel a bit more confident, which is quite nice. Yeah. Always a good confidence boost. And just kind of like, you know, uh, people, I'm the expert here. And like, just knowing that is, is, can be a huge confidence booster for sure. Yeah. It's great for reflection as well. Like when I think about uh, like my university interviews, for example, that was so long ago now. Like that was, must've been, sort of the end of 2018 2019 something like that and I think oh my god where's this time gone um and people ask me questions I think oh my god can I I remember being in their position and it's quite nice to reflect on it and how quickly it's gone because I've literally blinked and suddenly I'm entering my last full year um and then I'll be done university will be finished and I can't believe it it's it's gone so quickly um but yeah it's nice to kind of reflect and and think back and use what I've learned as well to help other people. Yeah. I catch myself doing that sometimes too. Like I'll go like just scroll through my Instagram feed, my own Instagram feed every once in a while, just to kind of like remember those memories or to kind of just like, Oh yeah, I remember this. remember that. And like every once in a while, it's just kind of fun to do that. for the nostalgia. I had a a photo pop up like on the memories thing just before um, Christmas. And it was my first ever shift on the road which was November 2019. And I looked at it and I don't think I've changed, but I looked at that photo and I just look younger, so much younger than I am now. And although it's actually not been that long, as a person, I've grown so much. And I think I can see that in myself. Um, So that's quite nice as well. I like it for that sort of thing. Yeah, pictures always show you that kind of stuff. Um, So the last question, uh, another one we usually ask people is, if you have any, uh, a favorite motivational quote that you would like to share uh I do and I actually heard it because someone bought me a key ring with it written on (laughs) and I have that key ring on my bag that I take to university still and it says she believed she could so she did and I love that because I think if I hadn't believed in myself I would not have got to where I am now Um, and I think self-belief is a massive massive thing when you're doing something like this you if you, if you don't believe in yourself, then you're not going to get very far, I don't think. So I love that. And I love that little key ring as well. <laughs> I love that quote too. I've heard it a few times. Like I hear it every once in a while. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that is a very powerful thing. I see it everywhere now. Like before I got that key ring, I swear I'd never seen it before. But now, yeah, I see it all the time. And I think, oh, I love that. But you no, know, it's still on my bag. It's been on my bag for about three years. <laughs> obviously, de- definitely uh, one of the best gifts then, obviously. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's gone through about three bags now, actually. So <laughs> it's doing well. <laughs> it's awesome. Bit, it's not as shiny as it was, but it's still there. <laughs> well, and it's, it's a constant reminder, right? Yeah. And it's, it kind of just reflects the whole thing as well. And, and I love that. Yeah. Amazing. Um, well, just before we wrap up, is there anything else that you maybe wanted to share? I know we covered a lot, so you don't feel obligated to kind of make something up or think something but if there is any other last minute things you want to share um I suppose just kind of back to the keyring thing if you if you want to do something and if a job like this really interests you then just go for it there's there's nothing stopping you really I mean 
a lot of people worry about their age and that sort of stuff. But if you if you really want to do something, just do it. It's I mean, I gave up my full time job. I gave up my well paid job, all that sort of stuff to do this. And I wouldn't change any of it. I'm so much happier now. And I feel like I have a bit of a purpose was before I kind of felt like I was just earning money. So I think if you have a genuine interest in it, go go away, do a bit of research and and just do it. There's You've got nothing to lose, really. Um, if it doesn't work out, then you'll be in the same position that you were in before. Um, so, yeah, just go for it. And healthcare is a wonderful industry as well. It's so rewarding. Um, I mean, I'm not quite sure how, how uh, paramedics work across the pond, but over here it's an incredible career and it's going to be the sort of thing where most days you're going to go home and think wow I did something really cool today um and it's great it's I think it's the best job in the world but I'm a bit biased (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I mean like I how lucky are you to actually say that like my job is the best job in the world and just to love your job so much like that is something that a lot of people don't have and for whatever reason and so that's so amazing that you can actually say that yeah even with things like night shifts and getting up at 4am and all that sort of stuff it's it's hard on the body but I love it absolutely love it um and it's it's not just like enjoyable it's exciting and it's interesting and there's so much to it as well even if I don't stay in this role that I am now being a paramedic or being a healthcare professional opens so many doors for you and and you can go anywhere with it um so I think it's really great amazing um so I do want to thank you because you shared some really really amazing uh insights and some really helpful advice and I know it is going to be really really helpful for people listening um so I want to thank you for so much for taking time out of your day to talk to me today and I know it's late where you are uh, so I appreciate that too. That's all right. It's getting a bit dark, but the sun's still, I think it's still up a little bit. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah. So thank you. And we will definitely be following you and keeping up with you um, to see how your career goes. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Homework Help Show Student Influencers Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie, and you can catch me again in future episodes of the Student Influencers series as we talk to more inspiring students and hear their stories. Listen in to previous episodes, tips and advice on studying, writing, and learning English, and much more right here on the Homework Help Show podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Homework Help Global, on Twitter at Homework Help Inc., on Facebook at Homework Help Global, or on LinkedIn at Homework Help International.